1: I try to take you on rich and varied spiritual journeys on Song of the Soul. If you've been tuning in for a while, it'll be no secret that folk music is kind of high up on my list of favorite genres, and also you're likely to know that I've been an avid international folk dancer for some 35 years, so it's with a double heaping of pleasure that I have here today Joe Schlesinger. Who is part of a musical group called the Balkan Babes, making fine, principally female music from, of course, the Balkans region. I've known and danced with Joe for many years and am so thankful for her spirit filled lungs and gentle, passionate gift of song. We're sitting down with Joe Schlesinger in the city of California in western Pennsylvania. Joe, I'm so pleased to have you here at last for Song of the Soul.
2: Every year at gathering, Mark would say, I think I need to interview for Song of the Soul. And I would say, I have not discerned yet that that's the right time. And he would give me space to go back and think about it some more. And this was the year.
1: And this is the year that we're close enough so that so many of your compatriots of the Balkan Babes are here. Could we hear a loud noise from the audience here to show that the Balkan Babes are here? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's known as Balkan shout singing. So, folk dance, the folk music is such an essential part of your soul that we're limiting it to that kind of music today. Just a few words, though, Joe. I assume you didn't always know this music, that you grew up something else. When you were 15, you were probably playing a radio, and you were playing some other music. What would have been a song of your soul at 15?
2: An Everly Brothers song would have been <laughs> what I was
1: listening to on the radio. Like which one? Can you pick one out?
2: Like, bye-bye, love. Bye-bye, sweet caress. Hello, loneliness. Think I'm going (laughs) to die.
1: So that would have been Song of the Soul back then. Yeah. At what point did you encounter Balkan music, folk music, and get on this alternate path?
2: I was at the University of Pittsburgh doing undergraduate work, and I had to take a PE class. And I'm not a competitive sports kind of person, but there was a folk dancing class. And I thought, ah, I think maybe I'll do that by default. And that was completely transformative. And the teacher taught us things from all over the world, but I was particularly gravitated to the Balkan stuff. And because Pittsburgh is such a cultural city with all different ethnic communities, there were places where you could go and hear the music and dance to the music and really get immersed in it. So that opened up my whole dancing ethnic life at that point.
1: And there's a very special institution that Pittsburgh's connected with with respect to folk dance. Even out in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, where I live, once a year, the Tamburitsons come by. Do you have some connection with them? Do they make their presence known?
2: They do. There's a club called the Bulgarian Macedonian Club, which has another name now, but the Tamburitsons were connected to them and Duquesne University. And I think They actually helped us with some costumes. We got costumes from the Tamburitsyns at one point, so we could see them dance. I mean, they were beautifully trained dancers, and we were aware of them. And they they would perform in Pittsburgh from time to time, but they were mostly out in the world performing other places. But, you know, we sort of knew we had that tradition in the city that people were very proud of.
1: So if you listeners out there haven't heard about the Duquesne University tambouritsons, it's worth checking them out. They're almost as good as the Balkan Babes. <laughs> I say that with somewhat tongue-in-cheek because it's a hard act to follow. They're quite amazing, and they're in their prime doing things, dance and song and music, that are just incredible. A great inspiration for the folk arts. So you said specifically you are touching with dance music from all over the world, But the Balkans grabbed you particularly. Do you have any idea why that was?
2: Don't know. I think it's the rhythms that are particularly unusual and, I don't know, evocative to me. And our Tuesday Night International group that has been going on for 30 plus years does a lot of Balkan. So there was opportunity to learn it and to practice it and just to get better at it.
1: No, wait, no, you're Tuesday night. So you, at university, you're taking a folk dance class. Yeah. Did you start going to folk dancing right away? I
2: started going folk dancing right away. I went to the Serbian club. I went to the Croatian club. I went to the Bulgarian club. I went, did some Greek dancing because there are these little communities around that have those opportunities to learn it. Uh, and then the Tuesday night international group became sort of my mainstay to learn things from all over the world. And that's been going on for a long time. And it meets year-round on Tuesday nights, except on Christmas and New Year's. But it's always there. And right now it's being run by a a woman from Turkey. And so we've had guest people come and teach. And a number of the babes come on Tuesday night, too.
1: So you're doing this music as of when you are in college. Were you a musician beforehand? Were you a singer, played an instrument? Does this come from your family?
2: My mother was a music teacher, a piano teacher. She played piano. And they mostly listened to classical music. And they were very sort of heady people, intellectual kind of people. So there wasn't much folk music, except when we took long trips in the car, we would sing rounds. That was it. So I wasn't really exposed to folk music, except that Pittsburgh has a folk festival once a year. And starting when I was maybe five... I would go to the folk festival and have food and see crafts and see dancing and music. I didn't participate in it, but I was aware of it. And I loved it. You would go into the bathroom and there would be people in their costumes and they would be interacting with you. And it was like getting close to these performers. That was a very pivotal experience for me. And so by the time when I hit college and was able to try it, I had sort of knew that I loved that kind of music.
1: You're here with the Balkan Babes, and again, the Balkan Babes is maybe ten or so people typically. Yeah, I like
2: understand. Yeah, eight. Yeah, we fluctuate, but yes, eight and two
1: bubs. Eight and two bubs, and a bub being defined as
2: a male babe.
1: A male babe. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> would you care to call out their names just so our listeners have one chance to hear their names okay
2: well our bub is jim rumbaugh and our babes are jane Whartonby, irene fink carol henley leslie clark and lynette garland
1: and we're missing a couple folks
2: we're missing kathy Marinwood, wood and we're missing deb knox who's my sister so that's actually fun to have her there and abby chen
1: We're going to hear now a little bit of music by, I guess it looks like, seven, eight of the Balkan Babe organization. What are we going to listen to?
2: We're going to listen to a Croatian song called Poligala. The translation is, the grass has grown high in my beautiful green field. The proud girl will cut it and feed it to the horse. Very simple song. It's a harvest song.
1: Okay, and do you connect particularly with grass in some form? I mean, what, or horses, <laughs> or I'm just wondering why this song?
2: It's an acapella song, and we just really like the harmonies, and the, it's a, just a very lovely...
1: Okay, we're going to listen now to Joe Schlesinger and the rest of the Balkan Babes' Pola Pola Gala
0: Ole.
1: song, "Polagala," performed by the Balkan Babes. And we have Jo Schlesinger here today for Song of the Soul. And she brought a number of the babes with her, fortunately. It's, It's quite a blessing to have that kind of beautiful music. How many harmonies were going on in there? I'm not skilled enough to know that kind.
2: Three. And very often a lot of this kind of music have a drone that holds the one note and goes up and down. This one does not. But you know, we found those kind of harmonies really appealing and different than the kinds of music we might have normally sung.
1: That kind of song, how do you access it here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania? Is there a Croatian community around here that you get it from? Do you travel over there? or do you? Just, I mean, I know we have the internet. I, I'm not that technologically challenged. But where do you get that kind of music and sense of how to be in the music?
2: There's a Balkan camp that has moved around and is not far from Pittsburgh. Sometimes right now it's in uh, upper New York state, which is a yearly event where it's sort of an immersion experience where people come and learn the language and the music and the culture and the dance. And there would be singing classes. A number of us would go to Balkan camp, learn the music, bring it back, teach it to the babes. And that would be one way we would transfer that knowledge from Balkan camp. And fortunately there's some people who go every year and so we keep building the repertoire and refining it. Another thing is that sometimes people will be coming musicians will be coming through Pittsburgh and Lynette has a big house and they stay at Lynette's house and they teach us, they give master classes to us and we're very happy to to learn from them firsthand. And when I was at Balkan camp, there's a group called the Mysterious Voices of Bulgaria. And there were some of the women from that group who were teaching there. And that was quite a remarkable opportunity to learn from them.
1: About how large of a repertoire do you have for the Balkan Babes? I don't
2: know. 30, 40, more. 50, a lot of songs.
1: We're seeing signs from the Balkan Babe (laughs) audience. (laughs) More, more up. (laughs)
2: Let's say 50. I mean, we've been together for 22 years, so, you know, we try to bring new things in and keep our old favorites, too. We uh, sing several times a year for folk dancing for the international group. They love to have us come, and we make a party when we come.
1: And you're going to be doing that tonight here. We're at Friends General Conference Gathering. We're in California, Pennsylvania. This is the final night. We've got live music and the Balkan babes have blessed us with their presence. I mean, how lucky can we be? So I still want to find out why this is so deep in your soul. You mentioned something to me a day or two ago when I was speaking to you about your ethnic heritage. Mm -hmm. What is the background? Schlesinger, I, I can't even...
2: German, Polish, Russian. My grandfather came over from Kiev. And, you know, that music is Okay. But there's something about this, and I'm not—I really can't identify exactly what it is, except that maybe that was the first music that I heard when I went to the folk festival, and would, when I started dancing at college, went to the Bulgarian club, and there was a lot of it around, and it, it made me want to get up and dance. And so I clearly was a dancer for a very long time before I ever started singing. You know, my feet like to move in those rhythms.
1: You know, even though I'm not an ethnic singer, there are some dances when I do them, I feel like I have to sing along with them. Mm. I was just sharing one earlier before before we started. Oh,
2: your Israeli one. Yeah.
1: Well, that that's one. I, there's a few of the Israeli ones. As a matter of fact, there's the. Manavu, I sang innumerable times when my son was in his first year, when I would just rock him to sleep by holding him and doing the dance and singing it as as I go. How do you use the songs in your life, your Balkan songs? Do you take a walk in the country and sing them? Do you only do it when you're with the babes? You know, sometimes you go into a bathroom and they have great acoustics and you just break into song. Where do you where does it happen in your life?
2: Well, I I go to the Tuesday night group, so I definitely get to hear those things on a weekly basis even now. I'm not sure. I will listen to CDs of musicians and play music that way, but I'm not sure. I just I mostly like it when we get together to sing.
1: Which is how frequently?
2: Uh, when we have a gig coming up, we'll get together to rehearse. It varies. I would say, you know, maybe every couple months we'll be able to either sing for dancing and get ready, you know, prepare. But there is a communal experience to it, village-sense sound that comes through. And that's very appealing to me. I think there is definitely... It's a women's traditional... Women traditionally sang these songs, and I think there's a... The feminist side of me really likes that part of the music being by women, for women,
1: so you were a feminist, uh, past and present. How do you exhibit that? How, how would we know you from the non-feminist woman on the street?
2: That I'd, I don't know. <laughs> I was raised a feminist, let me just put it that way.
1: Well, I'd like to keep going with another song right away. What, what would you like to share next for your song of the soul?
2: Uh, this is a song called Servan Vesic from Bosnia. And the words are, A red fez, mama, my beloved, has lips like honey, mama. And you'll hear that, mamo, mama. He wants to kiss me,
1: mama. And that's a feminist song you're saying? <laughs>
2: <laughs> These are all, yeah, they're very traditional lyrics.
1: <laughs> Severin Vesage is the song, and it's being performed by the Balkan Babes. <laughs>
2: these are dance tunes makes you want to dance right
1: yeah yeah and it definitely makes me want to dance and it's the kind i dance to but i don't know what the steps are to that one but now babes is not a word that we normally associate with feminists this (laughs) is
2: true nor is nor is the repertoire we sing so this is me (laughs)
1: This is you, the feminist. But I still have a sense that there's a power of identity of women, of women doing together. Now, you do allow some bubs. Are they allowed to sing? No. You don't hear... (laughs) Men can't have a voice. Only women yes, have a voice. That's, that's the, the
2: feminist part of this. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> Could you talk about your experience of singing, performing, doing things? You've done workshops here at the FGC gathering, which were for women, for women singing. My wife, Sandra, took one of your workshops, learned Balkan Shout singing. She was so excited when she came back. You know what Joe taught me? Yeah, just How does this work with your female identity? How important is this?
2: Well, I would say that part of this group of women that I sing with is you know, a friendship that's developed over time. I think dancing, we got to know each other, but then when we started to sing together, and so we have a 22-year history, it's part of my identity. Singing and dancing are essential to what I do.
1: And how does this fit with the fact that you have parents who were completely in their head? You seem to embody the spirit with your song and music. Is this a family dislocation? Does this mean that you found new things of the spirit? This is Song of the Soul, after all, and soul is spelled S-O-U-L in this case, not S-O-L-E. But for you, what spirituality did you discover as you discovered the music and the dance? Yeah,
2: I would think that's very relevant to having been disconnected from my body as I was growing up. So that when I finally found dancing and then found a community of people to dance with and then a community of people to sing with and dance with, that really became me becoming more whole. And that was a transformation.
1: And academically, you went to college, you found this at the university. Besides taking a physical education class, what else were you studying?
2: (laughs) Well, I I studied early elementary education, and then I went into a master's program and uh, studied policy and administration studies. And then I got a job at the university where I was for 23 years and ran a drug and alcohol prevention program out of the School of Education, which was very heady yet again. And I was in an academic setting, but I think it got balanced by all this other spirit-led activity in my life. I couldn't have done that alone.
1: And what did you start out religiously, spiritually, if you were in a heady family where you have a choice, either to be an atheist or be a UU?
2: Well, my parents were Jewish, but very secular Jewish. You know, they weren't particularly involved in the synagogue, although they would go, you know, twice a year on the high holidays. And there were a couple of holidays that they would celebrate. But, you know, I didn't feel particularly Jewish. So it was a pretty loose thread so that when Quakerism came along, it was an easy fit.
1: And why was it a good fit? I, I can tell you that the very first Quaker meeting for worship I went to was at somebody's home. We sat around their living room, and afterwards, they were setting up a potluck, and three people pulled out instruments, and they started doing folk dance on the back veranda the, that was at the place. That was my introduction to Quakers, although... Quakers 150 years ago wouldn't have danced at all. So why was it such a fit?
2: Well, we dance, the Tuesday night dancers dance in the room for worship and meeting for worship room. So on Sundays, it's quiet and worshipful. And on Tuesday, it's loud and full of activity, but it's the same space. And so for me, that is very satisfying and, and speaks to me because those are both important to me and essential to me.
1: Tell us about some more music that you'd like to share.
2: I think our next one is Upsa, which is one of our favorites. Uh, it's Serbian. It's sort of a celebratory dance. It's Let's Dance the Kolo, which are danced all through the Balkans. Everyone can do it. Everyone dances until dawn and everyone is happy. Upsa. People are yell out, Upsa, out of just joy. <laughs>
1: Wonderful Serbian dance, Opsa. It's a song, obviously. They, They don't always go together. Sometimes you'll do a dance to any kind of music. Having been exposed to folk dancing as I was, there's a tune that plays and there's a dance in my feet that goes with it. Whereas I think the people who grow up there grow up with the dance in their feet. And then what song do we play that we can do that with? In your group, you've got a lot of singers, and today we have one accordionist and we have one other instrumental, a bub, who's a- allowed through the door to play his instrument. But are you all musicians?
2: No. Some people are, uh, and we have a timbre player and a violin player, but uh, no, the rest of us are, are singing and dancing. Oh yeah, we have a drummer. That's an- the bub. The other bub plays tupan and other drums.
1: You've got three CDs out there. The Balkan Babes have three CDs out there. And if people go to BalkanBabes.org, they'll find out about how to track those down, right?
2: They can. And we have been known to go and perform places, so they could even be interested in that.
1: Well, tell me about your performances. I got involved with folk dancing in 1977. And that was kind of the end of the heyday of the folk dance movement in the USA. In the 60s and 70s, it was really big. By the mid-1980s, it already had dwindled significantly. I think there there was a lot of demand for folk dance music in the 60s and 70s. But you say this group is 22 years old, so that's well into that. Where are you invited to play, where to share your music?
2: Yeah, I think we experienced that same shift, but there are little folk festivals around. We've been invited for a number of years to the Pittsburgh Folk Festival to sing. We've been at the McKeesport Folk Festival, little communities. We did uh, a first night, you know, when you have these first night on New Year's Eve when people come out with families, and so we performed there one time. We have a Three Rivers Arts Festival, we've performed there, And we were in part, uh, a group of a subset of us did the Gateway to the Arts program and went into schools with elementary schools like K-8 to and taught kids some dancing and some music and some rhythms and got them up moving and learning some of the tunes.
1: I was also wondering about the language. Now, you said that the lyrics are generally not feminist no. lyrics. They're, they're very traditional yeah, male-female yeah. roles, boy kisses girl, etc. And some of those lyrics are just fine translated into English, and some of them seem outmoded by our point of view at 2014 in the USA. The language itself, though, speaking like you didn't grow up speaking Croatian or Serbian or anything. How much of that is a a burden when sharing the music, if if those words were only in English, wouldn't this be so much better?
2: I don't know. Maybe the fact that they're not in English makes them easier to sing and for me not to know that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I like the way the words sound, and so maybe that is. I had studied Russian in college, so I knew the Cyrillic alphabet, so that helped me a little bit be able to, to read in Bulgarian and some of the other Slavic languages because the sounds are different. But, uh, yeah, I guess I can see it in its historical context. You know, there's about, you know, births and deaths and people, you know, leaving each other and people going to jail and, you know, their best friend marries their woman while they're waiting to come out. I mean, they're, you know, they're country songs in a way. You know, human drama and human life. I can appreciate it from the fact that there there's history with that music.
1: Before I forget, I want to remind our listeners that you are tuned in to Song of the Soul, which is a Northern Spirit Radio production. We're on the web at NorthernSpiritRadio.org, and that's org like an organic, not commercial, also not common. Today for Song of the Soul, we have the Balkan Babes present because Joe Schlesinger is sharing her Song of the Soul. On our website, you can listen to nine-plus years of our programs, free for listening and download. There's a place to post comments, and we love two-way communications. You'll find a link to the Balkan Babes. There's a place to leave donations. We need your support to continue this program, and I also want to especially remind you to support your local community radio stations. The local community radio stations of this nation provide a slice of music and of news that you get absolutely nowhere else. So start by supporting them. And then come and listen to a performance of the Balkan Babes or maybe buy one of their CDs at BalkanBabes.org. Jo Schlesinger is here sharing her music. And she's got, fortunately, a number of her sisters and one brother from the Balkan Babes here to share their music. We've heard three so far. Can you give us another song? You
2: can. This is Akavela Verka, which is a serbian Romani song. Roma is sort of the gypsy population. And the song translates, Here comes Verka, the chaste girl. The boatman tricked her with the red slippers. Here comes the family to ask for her hand. But all the Roma say she is sick.
1: I'm not sure I've got that. He was tricking her with the red slippers. What does that mean?
2: I think he was trying to entice her with the red slippers.
1: It always works for me. <laughs> yeah.
2: She trying to make her not so chaste.
1: And could you say the name again?
2: Akavele Verka. Verca is the girl's name.
1: Akavele Verca. By the Balkan Babes. <laughs>
0: I got the derka, I've got the the derka, Makka Luzenka, I got the derka, Kekka Lucenka, I cut, I've had Oh my god, I'll you know what i que me venga se mantiene cerca cerca cada vez roma o
1: Great song by the Balkan Babes with Joe Schlesinger here today for Song of the Soul. So one thing I was thinking was, you're doing Croatian songs, you're doing Serbian songs, and Serbo-Croatian was at one point treated as if this belonged together, and there's, there's Yugoslavia, which united these. In the 90s, we had a war as people were separating out, One thing that I had always loved about folk dancing that I experienced, international folk dancing, was I did a Serbian dance, I did a Croatian dance, I did a Romanian dance, I did an Israeli dance, all over the world. And all of these nations became my friends. They became part of a family. You're doing Serbian songs here, and you're doing Croatian songs, and maybe the tensions aren't what they were in the 90s. But there was a point in Milwaukee in the 90s where the Serbs and the Croatians wouldn't dance together anymore. And it broke my heart. How did that play out for you and in your experience, your connection with music in these countries and, and doing a mixture of their songs?
2: Yeah, I definitely feel sort of the national respect for these different cultures that I that we sing and and dance in. And I remember going to a Serbian club and then not wanting to do Croatian music, you know. I would ask the band for a song and they'd say, "No, we don't do that." You know, so I know that those tensions were really high. And somehow in the international group, there is this space for all these different cultures to coexist. That's very appealing to me, that people can learn about the cultures through the music and the, and the dance of it.
1: And is the membership of the family of the Balkan babes closed at this point? Can anyone else come in the door?
2: <laughs> we have lost some babes, uh, both to death, unfortunately, and also for moving. And so we are open, so yes.
1: And the criteria would be can carry a tune yeah. and has no Y chromosome? <laughs> Are there any other conditions?
2: Um, no, I think we're we're fairly we're fairly open to people who who love this music and who want to sing
1: it. I was also wondering if there's any, just being who the babes are, if there's any common beliefs, spiritual beliefs, that you can tease out of the group. Not Joe Schlesinger's beliefs, necessarily, but those that are common to the group. For instance, I, I'm guessing that it would be universal in the group that somehow music is a balm for the soul. That's a spiritual belief. And we don't usually think of our spiritual communities. We, we say, well, if you're not in a membership in a church, you're not part of it. But I can't help but believe that your music is spiritual. I'm just wondering what the elements of it are, as you would see them, unbenighted by the common cultural ways of defining spirituality.
2: We've never talked about it as a group. And my guess is that this is what I've been talking about is fairly new to the people who are listening to it. But I do know that when we do get together to sing on a Tuesday night for dancing and we all crowd in a little room to rehearse before the dancing, there is, for me, a sense of spirit and coming together and, and the joy in the singing of the music that's now fairly integral to over the years to what we do and who we are
1: give us another song
2: okay i think we're ready for nishkabanya
1: and why nishkabanya
2: oh because it's it's such a, a happy dancing drinking song
1: <laughs> which is probably sure really is. big in your repertoire right <laughs> yeah.
2: it's about a, a resort in Nish, and the young Gypties have a good time drinking, and they count to ten from one to ten, and then back from ten to one. Uh, you know, if they if they still have their wits about them by the time they're finished drinking slivovitz. <laughs>
1: Nish Banya from Nish, wherever that is. I don't know where. Where's Nish?
2: It's in Serbia.
1: So we've got another Serbian dance by the Balkan Babes. Again, their website is balkanbabes.org. And Jo Schlesinger is sharing her song of the soul have you traveled to the Balkans much, a little uh, at all?
2: We have not at all. We have been tempted to go and we may still get it together, but we have not been yet. We actually had another bub who was Balkan. I would say we are not Balkan by, you know, birthright, but Stoyan Kostov is Bulgarian and he has he plays Tambora and has played with us a number of times, so we have some legitimacy.
1: <laughs> some le- <laughs> You've got a lot of legitimacy. I mean, obviously, the music is beautiful, wonderfully done. I'm, and I'm so impressed that all of the babes that are here were able to make this trip down. I mean, it's not that we're a tremendously long distance from Pittsburgh, but the fact that they took their time out of this day to come out down our way, I'm just really thankful for. And I want you to hear that right to the bottom of your folk dancing toes. And that reminds me, I wonder, are all of those babes and bubs, are they dancers? Sometimes there's a division of labor, which is someone's the musician and someone's the dancer.
2: Uh, we all started as dancers, and it was in our bodies. And then it came out of our mouths, but it was long in our bodies. And I still, I still can sing without moving.
1: Yeah and it is interesting for me I mean I don't speak any of these languages but how much of the language seeps into my consciousness I wonder how much how much that transforms us just to know another people's sounds
2: Well you know it's interesting there have been a number of times especially we went and performed at an ice hockey rink in Niagara Falls the Canadian side of the falls there was a big ice rink and they had invited us to sing there but they whole thousands of people, so we were in like one little corner of it, and we had we had a, a, an audience, but it was pretty echoey. And afterwards, we left, and people who were Bulgarians came up and started talking to us in Bulgarian, as if they knew we knew the language, and you know, we really were very limited in how we could communicate with them. But it's very gratifying to know that our language skills are such that we sound authentic.
1: I wanted to ask about drinking. Because Nishkabanya is a good old drinking song. And my sense when I first started folk dancing in Milwaukee was that there were a couple places where there would be drinking and dancing. And it was traditionally it was done. But almost none of the folk dancers I know do much drinking.
2: No, we, uh, we're a tea drinking and chocolate eating.
1: You said you were women already. I knew about the chocolate. <laughs>
2: No, that's what, that's our that's our regular uh, tea and chocolate. People do drink on occasion for the, yeah. for our parties, but I would say that's not why we get together. That's not the unifying thing that brings us together. Yeah, and we sing about we have some songs where you know the the guy at the front of the line is so drunk he's stepping on the partner's feet or you know the, the next person in line, you know. So no, we're not like that. So
1: you can sing it, but you oh, of course you're proper women. Yeah. So one more song from the Balkan Babes, please.
2: Opa Supa is another Serbian-Romani song. And the translation is, Only one girl doesn't want to dance with me, and she's the best dancer in the village. Girl, why are you making trouble for me? Curse her in my heart, a fire burns.
1: Show us how it's done. Opa Supa, Balkan Babes. song and a great one to finish with, Opa Supa, Serbian song by the Balkanbabes.org is where you're going to find The Balkan Babes. Jo Slessinger has been here today sharing her music. She shared her dance on Wednesday night. They'll be sharing some more dance tonight here at the Friends General Conference gathering where we're gathered. I can't tell you what good all of you Balkan babes sitting right there do for my soul. Thank you so much for joining me. Joe, thank you for finding the clarity to share your Song of the Soul and to bring your brothers and sisters here to share this music. Thanks for joining me for Song of the Soul.
2: You're very welcome. Blagudaria.
1: Exactly what I was thinking.
2: (laughs) Thank you in Bulgarian. (laughs)
1: Okay. And thank you. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul.
0: sing out a song